All right. Today, I am so excited to chat with Lala Chihaya. Lala is the very well-known artist behind Lala's Updos, as well as an experienced bridal stylist and educator. Trained in Europe and United States, Lala has over 15 years of experience and has been published in all the prestigious beauty industry magazines like Modern Salon, American Salon, Behind the Chair, and many more. Lala, it's such an honor to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Tara. An honor for me as well. Absolutely. I'm so excited to chat with you. Um, I know that you have so many interesting things to talk about, um, and I know our listeners will be so excited to hear. Um, But first, I want to get started by just telling me, I want to know where you're from and how you got into the beauty industry. Well, I'm originally from uh, Romania. Uh, It's a small country in East Europe. We are... um, uh, border with Hungary, Russia. We are actually the only Latin country in East Europe. We have the same origins as uh, Italians and Spanish. So uh, we uh, speak a Latin language. Um, I immigrated in the in in the States back in 2006 um, with the thought that I'm going to stay only for five years, take my citizenship and go back. I just wanted to do this in case my daughter wants to have a future in a different part of the world. And uh, came back, came here in 2006, and never left. Wow! I've been in the, in, in United States for almost 15 years now. Okay, so were you in the beauty industry, um, you know, before you came over to the U.S., or was this a new thing whenever you came over here? Uh, no, I was. I had nothing to do with hair before I uh, left my country. I actually did uh, cosmetology in my country as a plan B. When I decided to immigrate in the United States, a lot of my friends that came here before me uh, told me that their education was not recognized and I should have a plan B. Um, I did psychology in, in my country and um, I went and did um, the cosmetology uh, course before I came in the United States and assisted someone for nine months before I came in the United States. Um, and I did it, like I said, as a plan B in case my education is not recognized. And it wasn't. When I made it here, I tried to, to see if I can uh, um, work as a psychologist in the United States and take some tests if it's necessary. But unfortunately, out of my years of college, only th- uh, six of my classes were recognized. So they told me I have to start pretty much all over again. And uh, then I tried the cosmetology thing. And for my surprise, that was not recognized either. When I immigrated in the States, I went to California. I, um, I moved to Sacramento. And that's where I lived until two years ago when I moved to Florida. And because my education here was not recognized, I actually had to go to school all over again in the United States to take my cosmetology license. I pretty much had to choose. Do I go to school another four or five years to become a psychologist or do I go for one year, take my license and be able to have a job and make a living? So it was pretty much a plan B. I had nothing to do with hair until I actually decided to come to the United States back in 2005. Wow. That is so interesting. How does the training differ from, you know, your country to here? Because you trained in cosmetology in both places, correct? Correct. Well, what I can tell you is that when I made it in school here, I was kind of shocked of of the old curriculum that is it's teached in the United States. I, I honestly expected to learn more 
and uh, more new things. I thought that maybe United States are advanced when it comes to education and cosmetology. But for my surprise, Europe is way more advanced when it comes to education. Um, Europe is really uh, focusing on keeping up with the trends and updating the curriculum based on, on the trends that we, we see every year. While here, when I came in the United States, I I learned just old school stuff. Oh. And I was pretty shocked, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I guess I've never really talked um, with anyone that has, you know, trained in a different country, but um, that takes me by surprise as well. But then it doesn't also take me by surprise because I'm thinking back on my school experience and, you know, of course it was, you know, out of the, the old cosmetology textbook that I think that every single cosmetologist learns from and it hasn't mm -hmm. really changed in a hundred years. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the biggest shock I had when I, when I made it to school here is when I had to learn how to curl hair with a curling iron that was inserted in that hot oven. If you know what I mean, I'm like, I, oh, people wow. are still doing this. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I haven't learned anything like that in, in Europe in school. We don't do that in Europe, in Europe. And that's something that I remember my grand grandma talking about. So learning how to do that in school for me here, it, it was a big shock. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that they are still teaching that here. And like you said, that my lady book is probably yes, exactly. 100 years old <laughs> without yes. trying to, to, to badmouth or put down the education no, here. I, I'm just answering your question. And absolutely. <laughs> no, no offense taken. Um, I absolutely, I, I know every single hairdresser that is listening to this podcast are like, yeah, I also learned out of that same textbook. So um, that is very, very interesting. What about the time that it takes you to become a cosmetologist in, in both countries? Does it does it take more time in Europe than it does here in the U.S.? In, yes, in Europe, you are required to go over almost two years in cosmetology and over 2,000 uh, hours. Wow. So it, it's a little bit more than what we do here. Yeah, It's way more. And uh, like I said, the education is a little bit more advanced. Uh, what I did, um, because the time didn't permit it for me, I didn't do cosmetology. I just did hair. And that was uh, a shorter period, uh, period of time for me. But uh, again, the, the structure of the curriculum was very um, condensed uh, in, in those nine months that I've been through school. And I learned pretty much everything that a regular cosmetologist uh, would, would learn. Yeah, absolutely. So you were bored when you went to school over here. <laughs> you already knew everything. Um, I, I wouldn't say I was bored, to be honest with you. Uh, what I've noticed here and what I appreciated in the American curriculum is um, that we learn there. We put more um, emphasis on the on the practice here. It's it's on the practice as well, but it's a lot more theory and knowledge than we learn in Europe. And um, I'm talking about biology, anatomy, skin disease. I mean, we learn those, but not on such an extended way that we learn it here. I know, you know, I know now that you are, um, you know, you have a certain, a, a definite, a definite niche um, with updos and styling. 
when you first started out in this industry, was that, is that what you did then as well as style or did you, um, you know, do the cuts and the colors and everything else? Well, my journey in the bridal industry, um, started with with a tailor and this is a funny story so let me share it with you and tell you how i actually got in the bridal industry because um until 2005 i only did cut and color i was a cut and color specialist i did not i didn't even know how to do a french braid back in 2014 wow like a regular braid and i had no idea that i have this creativity in me until this episode that i'm going to share with you happened so um, I graduated in 2009 and rented the chair in a salon right after I graduated because I thought I know it all and I thought I'm smart enough and I'm knowledgeable enough. I've been to two schools and I know it all. Big mistake. I do not recommend to anyone that is graduating school to go and rent a chair. I recommend everyone to go and assist and learn and educate themselves even more on how to build a clientele, how to build, how to do budget, how to do a budget, how to retain that clientele how to become a good hairdresser before you go into renting but absolutely the story is short i learned from my mistakes and i'm sharing them with others so they don't do the same mistakes as me and get to the point where they are paying for that share with their credit cards because they do not have any clients in their chair yeah. so uh I'm graduated in- stylist is listening to that because that was the best <laughs> advice ever yes absolutely <laughs> yes do not spend your money until you actually learn how to make them that's my advice and Definitely. that that means go assist learn about the industry learn about the job and then go and spend your money when you are able to make them not before <laughs> yes 100 percent um, like I said, I came in this country in 2006. When I came here, I didn't know any English, although I did English from fifth grade all the way to college. Um, I The only English that I knew when I came in this country was my name is Lala and I love pop- popcorn. <laughs> and uh, made it here. Um, I could not, because my education was not recognized, I could not get any jobs um six months in i got a uh, a job as a property manager property manager because it was allowing me to keep my my kid with me in the office i forgot to mention that when i came here i was uh, 30 years old my daughter was one and a half i came here with a small suitcase 300 dollars in my pocket no knowledge of english and having no idea what i'm going to do uh, took that job as a property manager six months after I made it in the United States without knowing any English. I don't even know how I passed that interview, to be honest with you. And uh, two years later, we came in this country exactly when the, the that depression started. You know, the economy went down and uh, my husband had no job for almost two years. And um, I was making, making only $240 working full time as a property manager because the apartment was part of my salary. And I took that job so we can have a roof above our heads and, you know, to to be able to make a little bit of money. And like I said, the, the only money I was making working full time in that office from eight to five was two hundred and forty dollars a month. And uh, I was keeping my daughter with me in the office because I could not afford to pay a babysitter. So imagine being in a small, small office with the two years old in your arms. <laughs> for eight hours answering questions and phone calls and renting apartments and showing apartments with a small baby in your arms and two years later I got sick and tired to live from a check to another and wait for something to happen and I realized that nothing is going to happen and change unless I do a change and I decided to go and take my license in cosmetology 
when I took that decision, my I did not have any support from my husband. Um, he was worried that nobody, we won't have anyone to take care of the house and the baby and all that, and we're not going to have the money. And I kept going, and I didn't listen to anyone and enrolled in school, although I knew no English. <laughs> And uh, I kept my job because it was giving us a roof above our heads. I could not go to a public school because um, I needed the job and there were no afternoon hours at public schools, only private schools. So I had to enroll actually in a, in, in a, pub, in a private school and pay $20,000 to take my license in California. Um, I kept my job as a property manager and um, on weekends, I was working in senior houses doing hair and nails for them or um, simply just giving days off so I can make some extra money. And uh, that's how it went. I started school in 2008. I was in the office every day from 8 to 4 with my baby in my arms. I would drop her home at 4 o'clock and I would go to school from 4 to 12.30 every day except Sundays. Because I did not know any English, I was not able to take any notes or learn anything in class. And every day we would have one hour of theory and the second day we would have a test from that theory. And uh, I would make it home around 12.30, 1 o'clock at night. Um, I would do laundry, cleaning, prepping, everything for the second day, go to sleep 2, 3 o'clock in the morning wake up at 7 to get my baby ready and be in the office at 8 o'clock. And uh, in those eight hours in the office, I had to take care of my baby, I had to take care of the property, and I had to study for my written test that I would take every day. And uh, the way I was learning, and I want to share a little bit of all this, because so many of us come from different countries and different um, backgrounds in this country, and... uh, I've heard so many, so many women out there and so many friends out there that haven't been supported in, in, in pursuing their dreams and their passion. And they've been told that they can make it and they stop there. And I'm sharing all this because I am the living proof that it's, it, it is possible to chase all your dreams. It, it is possible to have a career. It is possible to become successful and it is possible to get from checking, living from a check to another to running your own business and making your own schedule and and giving a better life to your kids, even if you have no support, even if you don't know the language, even if you have no money in your pocket. And that's why I'm going a little bit more into detail about how I made it where I'm at today, because I want to inspire women out there to go and chase their dreams and tell them that it is possible, regardless of how hard it is. How inspiring are you? I hope that every single person that is listening to this right now wipes every excuse that they have away because there's not an excuse. There's not one that is valid. Um, you have, you know, clearly beat all the odds and we haven't even talked about all the things that you've accomplished and what you do now. And so I'm excited to get into that, but wow, I'm just, I'm so inspired by all the things that you've overcame completely. I went through school and I worked three jobs while I was in school. And I raised my kid in the places I worked. She was with me in the office, sometimes even with me in school. And on weekends, she was with me in the senior houses um, until 2014. I, I, like I, I mentioned in the beginning, I rented the chair as soon as I graduated. I still kept my job as a property manager and I was working in the office and then taking my baby and go to the salon and just wait there waiting for walk-ins. Um, 
big, big mistake. Rented that chair in 2009. And um, until 2014, for almost three years, I literally paid that chair off of my credit cards and went more and more into debt. In 2014, I was in over $40,000 in debt by not being able to make a living off of hair and literally still working three jobs. I worked three jobs from 2006 until 2014, making a living from paycheck to paycheck, having days when I had no food to put on my table and I had to lie to my baby and my husband that I ate already and they can have that last potato or that last egg. Mm -hmm. And I would wait for weekends when I would go to the senior houses to give days off so I can be able to eat there. Wow. So 2014, I have this client. um, Like I said, I was just doing cuts and color. She's getting married and she's telling me, Lala, I wanted to do my hair. I don't trust anyone for my wedding with my hair. I tried to talk her out of it and I'm telling her that I do not know anything about upstyling and she insists Uh, and I will make the story short. She just wanted some curls. We did a trial. She loved it on the day of the wedding. She comes with a beautiful picture with that classic chignon bun and she tells me she changed her mind. She convinces me that I can do it. I let her convinced me that I can do it (laughs) it turned into a mess when ended up putting her hair uh, in the bathtub in the hotel room washing her hair she was two hours late for her wedding her makeup was gone I almost got bitten up by her family (laughs) made made it home canceled all my appointments gave um, the salon owner uh, a notice and I and I promised myself after that failure that I will stick to renting apartments and I will never do hair again but I wouldn't be here if uh, if I was a quitter so two weeks later I bought a mannequin doll and all I wanted to learn was how to do that freaking bun I didn't want it to have bridal uh brides in my chair ever i wanted to stick with cuts and color but i was so upset that i messed up someone's big day that i wanted to learn how to do that style and in the event she ever comes back to be able to offer that service to her i lost half of my clientele after that experience she made sure she told everyone that i suck as a as a stylist (laughs) wow um Back in 2014, this was uh, August of 2014, um, there were no YouTube tutorials on updos. All you can find on YouTube was how to do a French braid, a French, uh, a Dutch braid, and a fishtail. And that's all I learned from YouTube. Eventually, um, two months in, I learned how to do that updo on my own. I came up with my own technique. And uh, I kind of like felt some love for being creative. Um, other than color and I just started playing with my doll my mannequin doll and my cousin happened to live on the property that I was managing so I would start playing with her hair instead of the mannequin doll this was August of 2014 in uh, October of 2014 I opened an Instagram account because everyone was on Instagram and it was trendy Um, back in 2014 I was I don't even know how old I was back then (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it was 30, 37, something like that. So I was not young. I did not know anything about social media. I didn't know what a hashtag is. I didn't even know what to do with that Instagram. But I opened it because it was trendy and everyone had one. And I started to post pictures with my mannequin doll and my cousin's hair because it was literally a game for me, a hobby. I was just playing. Wow. And uh, from that, 
from that hobby and me treating this as a joke, in December, I get a phone call from a salon owner asking me to go and teach a bridal class for her team. You can't imagine my shock. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was still living from a check to another. I was still doing just cut and color. And I have someone asking me to teach a bridal class. Um, I want to step back a little bit uh, before I get to this point of December of 2014, because in October, when I opened that Instagram account, few days before that, I was sitting in the salon uh, in the back room and I, and I started to cry because I was so fried. I was so overwhelmed about trying so hard for so many years, working my ass off through so many jobs and trying to, to give my, my child a better life. And, and I was just not making it. And I'm sitting in the back room and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like kind of fight with God. And I'm like, God, do you see I'm trying here? I've been working for all these years, three jobs, living from a check to another. I'm really trying here and I'm really putting my, my faith in you and you're not helping here. I'm going to make a deal with you. And this is the deal I made with God back in October of 2014. I said, God, I promise you that if you help me make a living off of hair, because eventually I realized that that's my passion and, and, and that's how I can express my creativity while I'm still being around people and and making it around people because people are my first love love actually it's not hair it's all about the people and i i made this deal with god that if he helps me quit the other two jobs and work as a stylist only and make a living off of hair only i will tell every client that sits in my chair how he turned my life around so I guess God was like, oh, so you want to tell people about me? How how about I give you a bigger platform where you can touch hundreds and thousands at a time instead of one at a time? And you tell people about me. And uh, that's how it started. I made that deal with God. I opened that Instagram account. Three months later, I get that offer to go teach a class. I teach my first class ever, my first bridal class ever in 2015, in January of 2015. I went there for seven people and I had 47 people waiting for me. No pressure. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Let me, let me go throw up three times. Let me try to cancel the class and tell the the salon owner that I'm not feeling well and all that. Um, She didn't want to. I made it through the class. It was a huge success. Um, I posted about it, and in in a, in a matter of six weeks, I got over 30 offers from salons all over United States that wanted me to go and teach a class uh, to their team or in their salons. That was in uh, January of 2015, my first class. In March, I got my first offer to teach in a show. I said yes to that without knowing what I'm saying yes to because the the money was good. <laughs> Right. And uh, I am teaching my first show in in, in my career uh, in 2015, in June of 2015, uh, without being uh, an educator, without ever learning how to educate, without even being a bridal stylist, without even having any bridal clientele. I started to teach bridal hair without even being a bridal stylist or ever educating in my life. Wow. And having English as a second language. <laughs> oh, oh good. I don't even know. I'm like speechless. I mean, this totally threw me off anything that I was planning to ask you about. Because 
I am. I had oh, no idea. Feel, I mean, feel free to, to interrupt me if you need to ask no. me anything. <laughs> this is amazing. I know that anyone that is listening right now is like, I mean, my jaw is like to the floor. Um, actually, and one of my coworkers is here listening to you as well. And I know hers is also. So um, I just, wow, what a story. Um, Do you want me to continue or you want to put some questions? <laughs> no, I want you to please continue. So my first show, I'm going there without knowing myself, without knowing what I'm getting myself into. And I'm going there and there is this new form of education that a salon owner from L.A. put together. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Butterfly Circus. Um, he came with came up with this idea of putting a show together. Uh, I mean, kind of like a class, but it's not just one uh, educator teaching it's five or six and you're going over a lot of uh, a lot of things in the class not just upstyling or just color or just vivid colors you're learning everything inspirational social media uh, abdues uh, haircutting barbering and all that and I'm going there and without knowing the lineup and uh, I we're supposed to have over 150 uh, people in the audience which was huge for me because I've never teach such a, a high crowd a big crowd and uh, the lineup uh, probably if you are a hairstylist uh, Tara you are familiar with these names that I'm just going to say right now the the lineup was Larissa Dole it was uh, Jenny the confession of a hairstylist it was Nina from Fashion Square it was Jay Wesley Olsen uh, people who have been uh, educators for year, years and um, represented big brands and they were very known in the industry. And there is Lala. Nobody knew who I was. And we had a, an hour to mingle before that show. And the people were going to all the educators, taking pictures with them, talking to them. And I was sitting in one corner wondering, what the heck am I doing here? Oh Lord, what did I get myself into? Am I going to make it? Um, I made it through that first show ever that I, I, I teached in, I was actually the only one in, in the lineup that got a standing ovation of over five, five minutes. And uh, I gave glory to God for everything that happened in my life in, in the course of a few months of, of me just asking for something and he, him for fulfilling his, his part of the deal, you know. And uh, then I entered for the behind the chair one shot award that they just came up on, on in two, back in 2015 because before that they only had the professional uh, categories, and I'm entering that as a joke again, and, and I'm like, this is this is it, this is stupid. Why am I even doing this? Nobody knows what I'm doing or what am I? I'm not even a bridal stylist, but I'm entering for two categories and I'm winning the updo category. I'm going to that show just because I wanted to meet my idols. I'm like, I want to take a picture with Sam Villa and I want to take a picture with, with um, Guy Tang and all the big names in the industry. And I just want to mingle and, and build connections and take some pictures with my idols. And I make it on that stage without even being ready for it or, or have a speech or anything. I was literally in shock. The only thing that I said on that stage, thank you, everyone that voted for me. And thank you, God, I would not make it here for without you. Wow. And literally, my career was turned around, uh, Tara, uh, with that decision to not let, let that failure you know, decide my destiny as a stylist. Um, and with the decision to get out of my comfort zone and learn something new and then eventually follow that passion. Uh, it started with the failure and the decision to keep going no matter what. And uh, taking those bold decisions, it's, 
and I will be honest with you, I didn't switch to the bridal industry until the end of 2015. And when I did it, I did it again. I did I did the same mistake that I did when I finished uh, when I finished school. I thought that you know, having all these opportunities is going to be enough for me to be a successful uh, bridal stylist and um, I will make enough money. To my surprise, I left the other two jobs because I thought I, I hit, you know, the the level that I want to be as far as career goes and I will have enough opportunities to, to be able to make a living. And I left the other two jobs without even having a bridal clientele, just hoping that if my name made it into that show or I won that award, I'm going to be able to make it. Well, I almost lost my, my home in those three months because I was not able to pay my rent in those three months and I almost got on the street. So I'm sharing all these failure and all these painful lessons with others because it's, it's important to stay grounded and realize where you are and do the best with, with what you have and where you at at the moment. I'm not saying to not dream big and have big, uh, big plans, you know, and big goals because that's, that's how we grow and that's how we expand and that's how we get what we want. But it's important to, to, to start with small goals and eventually build those stairs that will take you to the big goals. From there, from entering for that contest, a lot of doors and, and, and opportunities opened for me. And that's when I actually started to take it seriously only by the end of 2015 when uh, brands started to reach out to me and when uh, people wanted to learn from me. And I realized, okay, this is not a hobby anymore. I really have to take this seriously because I love it, because it's my passion, because I make a difference and this is what I want to do from now on. Wow. That is absolutely unreal. So tell me, you know, now, you know, of course, fast forward a few years. I know you completely educate, correct? You you educate other stylists? Yes. So I, how did you get into doing that 100%? Well, I got to the point where the educate the demand on education for for my classes and you know contractor shows got so big that I I literally had no time to take uh, bridal parties in the on the weekends because I was constantly traveling, yeah. and uh, I I got to the point where I had to quit on on taking any clientele because I was gone almost every weekend, and uh, to be honest with you, uh, clientele is is amazing for me. It, it was amazing for me and I did good money, but it was never my passion. My passion was always people and sharing, sharing mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, helping others to achieve their dreams. And I, I really felt that through the education, I'm doing more of what I love than through taking clientele. So I literally switched to to educating only just because people demanded it, not because I planned it or I actually hoped to get there. I, I not even my wildest dreams. I thought that I would become an educator, <laughs> especially when you have the language barrier, you know. And um, even if you learn English and even if you're fluent into it, in it, you're still having that second thought in the back of your mind that English is, is your second language, that you're not making yourself understood properly or you're not good enough because of that. Yeah. So I would have never thought that I would actually become an educator. And to be honest with you, to this day, uh, if we take 2020 out of discussion, um, I was pretty much uh, booked and, and educating every weekend and throughout the week since 2020. 
How has 2020 affected your career? Well, it affected my career tremendously, I can say. I mean, I, I wouldn't say necessarily my career. I think people still still know who Lala Sabduz is and they still know I'm an educator, you know. I, I think the work is still there. Um, I think what affected the, the most uh, would be my finances and my mental health, <laughs> not necessarily uh, my career. I think that if we are passionate about what we do um, and sharing our knowledge with others, eventually we will reinvent ourselves and find new ways to, to share that knowledge and passion with people. Um, it, it affected me tremendously when it comes to, to my finances because most of my income was coming from uh, contracted shows and it was coming from my private classes and my studios and my tours that I had um, every year. I mean, I would have three public classes every month and uh, during the week I would have at least two to three private classes in my, in my studio. So imagine all those gone. So I was pretty much left with nothing. I I have one year, in January. I had one year since um, I haven't worked at all. Wow, have you uh, taken have you taken any of your platform digitally? I did that last year, but um, soon after the pandemic started and we had the, all that quarantine going on and everyone got locked down and salons were not open and all that. Pretty much everyone. Um, shifted to the online education and it, and it's not only that i mean i've seen a a, a growth in in the educational um, system if i can say so in the in the industry um since three years ago almost like when i started back in 2015 there were only few educators on the market that we knew and they were like you know popular and as soon as instagram exploded i i I saw almost every stylist becoming an independent educator. Uh, the technology helped everyone to, to showcase their work without the need of being supported by the big platforms or the big brands, you know, or have anything, anyone behind. And in 2020, we saw that shifting to the online education. So the market is so saturated of online education that even though I tried to reinvent myself and, and you know, adapt to the, the times that we've been through in 2020, um, that didn't work. I mean, I am selling, but I, I can't really say that I'm, I'm making a living off of that. It's just some extra money here and there. Yeah. So there is, um, you know, a, a, the, a still a lot of beauty in the in-person experiences. I, I miss them so much. And, you know, as an educator myself, you know, we've taken our platform online. I'm grateful for that and all the things. But um, you know, I miss I miss those in person events. I mean, that's I feel like we need that as hairdressers as well. Absolutely. And the the bad part about the bridal industry is that you know all the weddings got canceled in 2020, and most of the weddings in 2021 became from big weddings to small weddings. Everyone is doing everyone's hair and. Having, you know, stylists that have been home for almost a year now, not having any income and not knowing what's going on with the bridal industry in 2021. Nobody's really investing in bridal education, you know. Right. So I'm still brainstorming and I'm still having faith and hope and I'm trying to come up with, uh, with new things and reinvent myself and still use my talent and make a living. 
Well, I know if anyone will and can, it is you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, failure is not an option for you, clearly. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see, um, you know, what's next for you. Do, you. do you know what's next for you exactly? Well, next for me was uh, that uh, I just came up with a tool. I, I launched it back in November uh, during the pandemic. Yes. Um, I was really scared because I, I put my, my savings into it and my hope, my big hopes into it. And I was scared that it's not going to work. And it's not going great, I will be honest with you. But uh, people are starting to learn about it. And, uh, and I have faith that it's going to get better and better. Um, I came up with the, with that tool, not necessarily because I tried to reinvent myself and, and still make a living or make money. It's literally I came up with that tool because um, I have a certain way of styling and preparing uh, hair since I started to do bridal hair. And I was using um, texturizing tools to prep the hair for my updues all the time since the beginning of my career and I, every time I tried one I was always uh, unhappy with some stuff about each of them so every time I was using one I was actually thinking I wish this was shorter or I wish I didn't have to use both of my hands or I wish the ridges on this texture iron was smaller so it, it, it's not so obvious I wish this uh, cord would be longer so I don't have to be uh, next to an outlet and so many things that eventually I was like why don't I come up with one that I am happy with and I create it with the, the stylist needs in mind. So all those things that I didn't like about uh, other tools, I actually created the perfect tool that fitted my needs. And uh, that's how this idea came up yeah, in absolutely. my mind. I was checking out your tool earlier on your Instagram and I think it looks amazing. I need to order myself one. Um, I have super fine hair and I work with a lot of clients that have super fine hair. So I'm going to have okay. to dive into that. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't just have to send me your address and I will send you one. And I promise you that you will love it and you will see all those details that I was talking to you about and what a difference they make. Well, I think, does the tool have a certain name or is it, it's named after you, right? It's uh, Lala styling prep tool. Okay. I build it as a preparation tool, not a texturizing tool. Right. Awesome. That is, um, I'm so excited. I know all of our listeners will be interested in that for sure. Um, we're end of, we're 2021. As far as, you know, pivoting you, do you, do you see yourself going back into the salon or anything like that? Uh, to be honest with you, no, I do not see myself working behind a chair again. Um, it, it's really not my passion. Eventually, as I grew up as a stylist, as an, an as an educator, and as a person, I got to the point where you learn and about yourself and what you like and what you want to do in life, and you have a, a you know a pretty good idea about what's next. And I definitely do not see myself behind the chair. Uh, you're gonna ask probably, well, how do you plan to live? <laughs> If you're not making any money. And like I said, I am uh, constantly trying to brainstorm and see what I can do next to still use my talent. And right now, I'm actually, I just finished another project that I worked on uh, since August of last year. Um, I spoke with a lot of uh, my um, my ex-clientele that uh, I used to have in California. And I spoke with educators and I, and I, 
uh, did a lot of research online and um, a lot of people are complaining about uh, the online education that they feel um, I mean, we are all different and we learn different. Some people are visual, some uh, uh, need to hear it. Um, and a lot of people told me that they are sick and tired. They don't want to invest in the education. They want to have something in their hand, something that they can relate to every time they forget something without having to watch a full video over and over again, wondering what step they missed. So with that in mind, I um, just finished a step-by-step uh, bridal book and I plan to launch it soon <laughs> yeah. um, it has 18 styles um, I am pretty known for uh, simplifying everything and making uh, abdus that look very intricate and very uh, very hard mm -hmm. um, I come up with that's what I got known for and popular for for coming up with techniques that simplify everything and makes even a, a stylist that it's not a bridal stylist fall in love with upstyling so this book is not dedicated just to the professionals it's not just for the bridal stylist it's for the bridemaids it's for the brides for the mother-in-laws for anyone that wants to go to a party and you know you go take the book with you show it to your stylist this is what I want this is how it's done Wow, that was amazing. So not true. You do know what's next. <laughs> a huge project coming out. That is amazing. Um, I'm just so, again, I'm just very inspired by you. I mean, I know everyone else is clearly and will be um, as soon as they're able to hear this podcast. But what would you tell someone that's maybe struggling a little bit in their, in, in their career and, you know, in this specific industry, but, and don't know what's next. What would you tell them? I would tell them that their success in life, regardless if they are stylists, if they are doctors, nurses, uh, servers, whatever, that their success in life is based on how many solutions they can come up with for uh, their problems and not how many excuses they can find. Yeah. It's simple. It's simple as that. I and keep and keep faith. If you're losing faith, then you lost everything. If you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, you're not going to try. Absolutely. So I love keep you. your eyes on the end of that tunnel. I and, love that answer. And keep building those stairs because eventually you will make it up there. But you're not going to make it there unless you build those stairs. That's great. I love that answer. I mean, that's so true. I've, I even myself, I've had. You know, I, I run multiple businesses and they've not always gone smoothly. I can I can say that I haven't had one fail, you know, yet, but um, I don't think that's an option. So, you know, you're right. It may not go my way all the time, but finding a solution is, you know, what I have to do to keep going. So I think that's I think that's amazing. That's what my mom used to tell me all the time. As a teenager, I was getting very excited about everything and just quitting on everything is is as fast as I was getting excited about it. And then I will go and whine to her about it, that it didn't work out or why it didn't work out. And my mom used to tell me this all the time. Please don't come to me with excuses. Tell me what are the, the solutions that you came up with for this problem. And yeah. then you already have the solution, the, the, the way out of it. So yes. I so grew up with that and I tell it to everyone. Literally the success of your your life, your story, your career is based, based on how many solutions you come up for that problem. Excuses, we can all find it. And you, we will never move. We will never grow. We will never evolve. 
I love it. I'm going to take over the world after this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one more thing, one last thing I want to ask you, um, you know, this podcast was, was built actually off of not necessarily beating the stereotypes in this industry um, because I think we've got it beat, but you know, the typical stereotypes, I always tell the story for anyone that doesn't know um, this. I was sitting at um, in Vegas and I had a guy sort of just say, um, you know, what does your husband do because of maybe some of the luxury brands that I had on. And um, after I told him that I was a hairdresser, he asked me, you know, then what does my husband do? Um, Because we cannot possibly make enough money to buy, um, (laughs) to buy the things that I was wearing. And so um, that's where this idea came from is because I want, you know, I want to be able to talk to other hairdressers on how to, you know, feel okay about the stereotype and to take over the world a lot like what you have. So do you have any experiences with, you know, being stereotyped as being a hairdresser? Well, I think the most common stereotype when, when it comes to hairdressers, like you said, is that stylists are dumb. They must not be that smart if they just do hair, right? That's what we hear all the time. And we even hear it from our parents. I had people who came to me and they told me, my mom said that if I'm not going to, co- if I'm not getting good grades in high school and if I'm not going to college, my only option is going to be becoming a hairdresser. Or like parents who tell their kids, uh, are you serious? That's not a job. Everyone sees the the hairdressing yeah. job as, as, as a side job or a backup for some reason. I don't know why. And it's not only false, but it's so far from the truth. Most stylists that I am friends with have one or, or, or a, a, if not two college degrees, at least one. And even if they do not have a college degree or they are dropouts, they're the most intelligent people that I ever had to, to, to talk and, and, and deal with. And I'm, I'm not taking this fairly because I've been in a lot of industry. I mean, I was in business and management before, so I know what I'm talking about. I don't even know how to do. I honestly, I got to the point where I'm not getting offended over it uh, because I know it's, it's false and it's far from truth. And I mean, the, the things that the knowledge that we have, it's far more vast than any other person that we, we know out there. And I don't think any other industry is learning and accumulating so much knowledge, not only in school, but throughout their career, because in our career, in order to stay on top and in order to make a money and be relatable, you need to stay on top of the trends and you need to continue to educate yourself. So that stereotype that we are dumb and we must be stupid because we're only doing here, I think it's, it's, it's something that we have to deal and I think we're going to deal with for a long time. And I think the solution for that is just to open our mouth when we have the, the opportunity to do so or simply just show others through our way of living and, and making money that actually we're 10 times smarter. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that answer. You clearly have the stereotype beat. <laughs> um, I mean, just think about what we learn in school. I mean, we learn about the human body. We learn anatomy. We learn bi- biology. We learn chemistry. We learn math and how to form- formulate our color for- formulas, uh, formulas. And then we continue to educate ourselves until the end of our lives. The education never ends for us. 
Oh, definitely. And then we graduate. We have to learn how to build clientele, how to create a budget, how to build a portfolio, how to showcase our work. We become artists, photographers, editors, entertainers, therapists, you name it. (laughs) That is very true. We're all the things, all the things in one career, for sure. Um, Well, I've just loved having you on here today. I know that all of our listeners are going to um, immediately go to your Instagram and I'm just warning all of our listeners, I was sucked into the Instagram for a very long time earlier (laughs) because um, your Instagram, your work is just phenomenal. I mean, it's like, I mean, it doesn't even look real because it is so crazy cool. I mean, just the things that you create, um, I just, the story, even now knowing your story, it just makes it that much cooler. So um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, um, um, and and all the platforms. I'm um, my handle is Lala Abduce. Lala being my first name and Abduce my specialty. And I'm really hoping to come up with more. Like I said, my 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 love is for people, not necessarily for hair. And my first love was always writing. Um, I'm uh, actually working on uh, writing my life story. And uh, hopefully we're going to talk about that more in the future. Well, as you should, I want to hear everything. So um, I'm excited for you to, that's another book for you. You need to come out with that book. (laughs) It's a book, but it doesn't have anything to do with hair. It has to do with, uh, with life and uh, chasing those dreams. I think that is 100% okay. Well, thank you again, Lala. I'm honored to have you on here today. I know our listeners are going to be so obsessed with you and obsessed with your story. Um, So I just appreciate you being on here today. Thank you so much, Dara, for having me. It was an honor, and I hope everyone will enjoy our, our conversation. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for listening to episode 16 of We're Just Hairdressers podcast. I'm Tara Harville reminding you that building wealth from behind the chair is attainable. 